his question is, um, can I expound on the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, or the principle of Trinity, or the concept of Trinity, that there are three Devas, so to speak, at least in Sanatan Dharma, there is a Holy Trinity in Christianity as well. Whether that's uh, Brahma, Vishnu, and Mahesh. When they've all emerged from the same Supreme Consciousness or Soul, why do we consider them absolute? Or why do we maybe differentiate and say this is Brahma, this is Vishnu, and this is Shiva? Actually, <clears throat> it's a conceptual question. It's a uh, scriptural question. This is uh, a matter of certain religious philosophy. So we'll have to go to the scriptures to answer it correctly. Everything else is going to be merely my opinion, which may or may not hold water today and in times to come. Srishti Kartri Brahmarupa Goptri Govindarupini Sangharini Rudrarupa Tirodhan Kariishwari Sadashiva Anugrahada Panchakritya Prayana It is said that Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh and Ishwar and Sadashiv are five aspects of creation. They are not necessarily different people but there are five aspects of creation. I would like to add something which is my experiential understanding that I've experienced sometimes in deep states of meditation, which you may quote, is my opinion, unquote. <clears throat> People or, or beings like Shiva, Brahma, Vishnu, and many of the other devatas once roamed our planets for real, or our planet for real. They are not mythical beings. They existed in our history. For example, there are upcoming cults or sects that are there. <clears throat> some 200 years old, some even just 100 years old, if you look at, uh, for example, uh, Shirdi Sai Baba, his temples are mushrooming all over the world and certainly all over India. And I've come across books that were written just in the last 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, even as recent as few years, five years, where people have talked about what all happened, the miracles that happened in his lifetime without citing sources. Now that literature is growing, but nobody knows the source of that literature. Yes, people can experience miracles in their lives, people can experience grace, and you have every right to, to express. But to go back in time and say this is what happened then, uh, has to be validated somehow. In thousand years from now, or in five thousand years from now, the face of, of that would look very different. I would not be surprised if it ends up being 
A, either another branch of religion altogether, or B, just new religion completely. So these beings roamed our planet one time. They were unbound by time and space because the existence as we know today was not the existence that it came about. It emerged. If somebody told you beings like dinosaur existed, giant beings, without ever giving you any evidence, you will say, well, I, I don't know. So we have no evidence. We have no material evidence to prove that. So there are two aspects to it. Those beings made enormous contribution to our society, in particular Indian society, which extended all the way to Saudi Arabia, even parts of it uh, at that time. But we have no material evidence. And then they ascended to the level of God. Because it happens when you have a guru in life or when you have somebody you really look up to, when they help you sail through, it is so natural to to feel that emotions for that entity, whether that's a human being or, or something, and and put them at the same level as, as God. Because you repeatedly say, well, I have not seen God, but I've seen you. <clears throat> so people started praying to them as gods. And as time passed, they really became the God or aspects of the God in Sanatana Dharma. If you look at Krishna for a moment, after Krishna dropped his body roughly four and a half thousand years ago, if we are to believe historians, I think it's roughly five thousand years ago, then after almost four and a half thousand years or four thousand years after that, nobody talked about Krishna. Nobody mentioned Krishna. There are no Krishna temples older than 500 years throughout India. You have temples which are 2,000 years old, 3,000 years old. You have temple. When you excavate, you have temples. You know, you're getting these remnants which are 3,000 years old, 4,500 years old. Nothing that signifies Krishna. Not even one image where somebody is holding even a flute. It wasn't until roughly five or 600 years ago that when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started that movement of bhakti, that he came to Vrindavan and said, this is where my, my Krishna must have lived at some point in time. And things were discovered and temples were made and the whole wave of bhakti overtook and then gradually Krishna got a different place in human history. So the first aspect is that, yes, these people existed for real. Whether or not they did as many miracles as written in our scriptures, that is up to anybody's imagination. Because there is nothing to prove, and there is plenty to disprove it, given where science is today. The second aspect is a philosophical aspect that Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh are three aspects of the same creation. Not creator, creation. In Sanatana Dharma, nobody created anything. Creation happened. 
and out of those creation were entities that help that creation move forward. So there are three aspects of the same creation. In scientific theory, we say that cells got divided. And the only theory where multiplication and division mean exactly the same thing. If I say cells got multiplied, it means the same as cells got divided. Which means, from purely from a philosophical angle, creation and destruction is the same thing. Just a different perspective. Whether something is dividing, getting destroyed, or something is multiplying, it does not mean much different. It's not much different at the end of the day. Similarly, in Sanatana Dharma, Hrinya Garbha is the golden womb. Hrinya because the, without our solar system in this uh, Milky Way, there is going to be, there would be no existence possible. So Hrinya is the color of gold, the color of rising sun, creation, the color of setting sun, destruction. Every night is followed by a morning and the and that cycle continues. So Brahma divided himself. Hrinyagarb, the, the golden womb, and created what's called Brahmand and Pindand, macrocosm and microcosm. So from that angle, the sages, the seers thought, if I have to feel complete, I must also experience creation destruction as well as sustenance. If I've only seen just creation, then I'm an extremely ambitious person, which means I will not experience much rest in my life. It will be too much work. And I will not experience that restfulness which is necessary for a human being to experience deep peace. And if I'm just simply maintaining, that means I'm just firefighting, I'm not helping nature move forward. And with that, they said, three aspects of creation form the Holy Trinity, or you can get into the word holy, just the Trinity principle. And Trinity principle was then covered by a triangle, which became the symbol for Devi, Shakti. The downward pointing triangle is Shakti, which is also the form of a yoni. The upward pointing triangle is the form of masculine principle, uh, Shiva, in this case, which became Purusha and Prakriti. Now, the verse I used earlier, Srishti Kartri Brahma Rupa, Goptri Govind Rupini, Sangharani Rudra Rupa, Tirodhan Gariishwari, that until energy moves, nothing is going to happen. Potential energy is not enough in its own right. It has to be converted into kinetic energy for us to make an use of that potential energy. So when that energy moves in different ways, sometimes Srishti Kartri Brahma Rupa, as Brahma, it creates. Goptri Govinda Rupini, as Govind, as Vishnu, it sustains. Goptri means to palan karna, Trey means to protect, and Goptri means to protect all that is existing. Go is a symbol of all our senses as well, meaning, the meaning of word Go. Goptri Govinda Rupini, Sangharini Rudra Rupa. Then she destroys as Rudra, Tirodhankari Ishwari, 
then everything is as Ishwar, somebody that's the ultimate, uh, not controller, uh, something that's eminent in, imminent in every single living thing, living and non-living. Char acha, achar, moving and unmoving, animate, inanimate. And then this cleaning up happens, which is very similar to how a farmer first plows the land, sows the seed, and then nurtures those little saplings that turn into plants, then the harvesting happens, and then he cleans the land first, whether that's done by polluting ways of burning down the rest, which was banned by the Supreme Court, I heard, or in a more uh, human way or more environment-friendly way. That tirodhan, that cleaning up happens as Ishwari. Sadashiva Anugrada. Then grace must happen. For creation to reoccur, there has to be a level of grace on that land. It could be in the form of tilling it again, preparing it, or you know, irrigating it, or a bit of rain so it becomes soft, so it's ready to receive the seed again. So these are five aspects of creation. And that is why there is five kinds of Tantra to, re to represent these five aspects of creation. There is Shakta Tantra, Shakti, Devi's Tantra. Because remember the triangle principle, how to invoke that triangle. And then there is Shaiva Tantra relating to Shiva to be able to handle destruction. There is Vaishnava Tantra, to, so you can handle uh, sustenance in your life. Then there is Saur Tantra, which is sun, because sun is needed to finish everything. That's Tirodhan aspect. Because if you freeze everything, everything remains as it is for eons to come, for as long as it's frozen. But if you burn everything, it totally transmutes into something that is unrecognizable anymore. And then Ganpatya Tantra, which is uh, to create. Because there is no Brahma Tantra. There is only Ganpati Tantra. Ganpatya Tantra it's called, which which is handled, which is used to for the aspect of creation. And the Trinity principle was so strong that from these three aspects emerged what we call the three states of existence, which is uh, Sushupt, sleeping, Jagrit, wakeful, and Swapan, dreaming. From the Trinity principle emerge the three modes of material nature, that is Rajas, Sattva, and Tamas. Sattva is mode of goodness, Rajas is mode of passion, Tamas is mode of ignorance. From these three principles, uh, the, the, from these, uh, the Trinity principle, also emerged the three Vedas. Originally, the Vedas were only three, and it's called Trik. In fact, in Kashmir, there's a whole philosophy called the Trika philosophy. So, Rig, Sam, and Yajurved were the only three Vedas. And it wasn't until much later, roughly, as I said, 5,000 years ago, when Parashya Rishi was trying to have Atharva Veda recognized, and he told his son, he entrusted him with that job, 
and Ved Vyasa had great political influence because Hastinapur was the center of all political activity in India. And then he used that influence and got a congregation together and using the Brahmins at that time and the sages and seers had a Tharva Veda recognized as the fourth Veda. Until then, it was all about Trinity, the three principles. So uh, that's the answer to your question. I hope it was clear.